I'm Gab, he's Jules. Blue skies over West London. Blue is still after Chelsea spent Woo! all that money in the transfer window. We'll be getting into that. We'll be getting into some of the, the broader issues that people yeah. raise about, oh, the Premier League destroying the transfer market for everybody. User sounds coming out of Italy and Spain. Um, and of course, but there's so much else going on because yeah. we have a League Cup finalists, Newcastle and Manchester United. That's Who could right. have possibly foreseen that? Exactly. Um, Pogba, not back. Not yet. Uh, Mbappe missing penalties. No! I know, I know. Joe Cancelo, I think that's an underreported story. But let's start um, with the window yeah. that everybody loves quoting. Like, oh, look, they spent this much. and they spent... I, I think we need to, first of all, Absolute spend doesn't really gross spend no, doesn't really matter. Spend. You need to look at the We've net said spend, that many right? times. We've said it many times. Yeah. Net spend, Premier League, absolutely outmuscling everybody. <laughs> and so as a result, you have it again coming from the usual suspects in Italy and Spain saying, Oh, UEFA need to do something, we need a super league, blah, blah, blah. And then when you explain, when you ask them, like, how would a super league fix this? They're like, ah, but, 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 but. they don't know. No, it's just they would get more revenue, which they don't get now, which Premier League clubs do, for example. Well, no, only those clubs that would be in the Super yeah, League. Sure, and by the way, uh, you know, in the Super League pan, six of the uh, clubs in it, that's right, more just, than any other country, yeah. were Premier League clubs. So exactly. they'd be getting all the extra money from the Super League well. and then having all the extra money that they get from the Premier League. Yeah. I mean, I I don't want to get philosophical about it, but I will. Um, it's not just about money. They can spend more money because they make more money, because they have bigger television contracts, because they have yeah. bigger commercial deals, because whether we like it or not, English is the lingua franca of the world, yeah. and they've been better at selling it. People don't just buy something because yeah. it's high quality. Um, they, selling, uh, selling, selling the stadium every week, everywhere? I, exactly. All these things come into it. And before people, you know, come out and say, oh, Man City, financial fair play, fine. Then I can go back and talk about, talk about Qatar, right? And Paris Saint-Germain. I can talk about Barcelona and his levers. I can talk about Juventus now having serious issues with, yeah. with false accounting. So, I, I, you know, I want to hear a coherent message. And for me, and you tell me if you agree or disagree, I don't, I think this becomes a problem that UEFA need to face when English clubs go into Europe and start destroying, not just when these buy more players, yeah. but when they start destroying the opposition on the pitch. And guess what? We're not there yet. Not yet, no, because as we've seen in the last 10 years, you, English clubs don't win the Champions League every single year. Uh, I think they've only won it three times in the last 10 years or something like that. Or yeah, the Europa had, League or the Conference. Yes, yeah, we had a, you know, a final between City and Chelsea two years ago. So, okay, I get that. Because Premier League clubs don't spend their money well. You know, the day where they spend their money well, then maybe we can worry because they, they should be much better. However, now this is not the case. But it's true that they've got financial power that others don't have. Javier Tebas can say as much as he wants that Premier League clubs are cheating. They're not cheating. It's their money. They have the money. They spend it. Right. And if you look at the seven clubs that are under scrutiny from FFP right now, none of them are English. You've got PSG, you've got Marseille, right. you've got Italian clubs, you've got Turkish clubs, but because the Premier League's books, even if some clubs lose some money, they've got controlled debts, but they still have debts, but they're controlled. You know, they have that money to spend. So why would you not spend them? I think also a lot of these numbers were inflated by the tremendous amount of spending that one specific English club did. And that club, of course, yeah, yeah. Is, is Chelsea. I have a column up saying that, you know, this is a gamble. It's a gamble on many different levels, um, you know, starting with financial sustainability mm -hmm. regulations, uh, both in the Premier League and, and in Europe. Um, just, just from a sporting perspective, 
I mean, we were talking off air before. They've spent all this money. They've assembled all this young talent. Yeah. Uh, Enzo Fernandez, of course, being being the, the, the I guess, the, the shining light in yeah. January. Nkunku's coming in the summer. But when we try to make a, like a, a prospective lineup, like a 1-11 to 11 lineup, I still see, in terms of quality, I still see two major holes yeah. at center forward and in central midfield. Yeah, I think you're right, Gab. I mean, you can sign 18, 18 players between the summer and the and the winter, spend over 600 million pounds, and still, when you look at it, think like, mm, that squad is not complete. You've got great depth and you've got plenty of options for Graham Potter, maybe too, maybe too many, maybe it's too many players. But you still think like, okay, what are you going to do when Lukaku comes back? What do you do as a centre forward? Maybe he's your centre forward. Maybe he's your centre forward. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. But, you know, who plays with Enzo? I have a very long piece up on the website. I know you love it when I plug my own yeah, piece. Up, but I, I think you want to know this. Um, there's two vantage points, I think, to look at what they're doing, what Iqbali and, uh, and Boli really are the ones driving it. Let's yeah, make yeah. it very clear. They do not own the club personally, right? They have other partners in it, yeah. which people seem to often forget, who have put their faith in them. And also, um, they represent funds. They represent funds where they have clients who have given them money to manage. That's right. um, and, you know, those yeah, clients, it's not like they're doing it. Oh, yeah, I'm a crazy Chelsea fan. No, they're doing it because they want to see a return. That's right. And so Boldy and Iqbali have pledged to deliver a return to this. I think they've been very clear and they've been very honest about this. Um, so Kieran O'Connor, who writes the, new, the Swiss Ramble yeah. newsletter, uh, he did a, and again, I have the link up to it up in my piece and whatnot. He did sort of a, a forensic uh, analysis of Chelsea's finances. And he made some estimates and he made some modeling, he made some projections and there may be some things that he doesn't know. But the conclusion that he came to, I mean, this guy is this guy really knows his onions. Yeah, that's right? what he does. Yeah, that's what he does, yeah. right? So was that in this column that he, that he, that he posted after the Mudrick deal, uh, so before Noni Madueka, before uh, Malo Gusto yeah. and before Enzo Fernandez, yeah. He reached the conclusion that Premier League, uh, financial fair play, they were going to be fine. They have a big margin because of player trading activity they did before, mm. which was very lucrative, um, but which will only stick around for like another year or so. After that, they're going to have to rebalance things a little bit. Um, in terms of UEFA's new financial su sustainability regulations, uh, there's two pieces to it. One is the losses that you can make over three years. It's a bit more complicated. Again, I link to the regulations if you're a nerd and you want to read them. Um, he came to the conclusion that they were probably over, but you know it wouldn't take much to get them to be yeah. compliant. And for the financial sustainability rules, where it's for, for, for it's it's a percentage of essentially your wages plus your, your amortization yeah. Yeah. Um, plus what you pay your coaching staff net of your transfer spend your, your plus or minus in the transfer window that yeah. window it can't be more than 90 percent of your revenue on that front he said they're in breach so they're going to have to sell players um in the summer yeah which is what we said the the, the squad right now must be 30 players and the wage bill is enormous but this was before they went yeah, out and spent three. all that money on on Enzo, Madueke, and Malogusto. Yeah. Now, I've kind of worked out based on the length of their 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 contracts that their amortization hits, and we've talked about how they they spread things out. This is before you 
UEFA haven't actually passed the rule yet that you can only amortize over five years. Yeah. So that's a whole other kettle of fish. They'll be able to amortize over over longer periods of time. But even with that, you know, they will have added, I think it's something on the order of another 20 million to the amortization, plus every, their wages. Every year. Yeah. Um, plus, obviously, that, I mean, it'll be offset a little bit by Jorginho leaving, and obviously Conte's leaving, but you're really on the edge here. You are on the edge. It's a thin line, and I'm sure they've got people at the club looking into, like, you know, checking this out, being, making sure that they don't, they don't take too many risks because what happens if you don't qualify for the Champions League game? What, what happens if you well, get knocked out, for example, in the last 16 by Dortmund? So you miss out on all the prize money from winning your last 16, quarterfinal, yeah. semifinal, final, which easily from there on, if you go and win it, it's probably another 50 million. I think a little more than that if, they were, if they were to win if it. But let's say, it. realistically, let's say they were planning, you know, most teams budget at that level budget for the quarterfinals. Yeah. If you lose here, you know, you miss out on probably 10 to 15 million, right. depending. Okay. So then if you don't qualify for the Champions League for next season, currently, yeah. let's remind everybody that Chelsea are 10th in the table and they have a lot of points to, I think, they're 10, are they 10 points behind top four or something like that? It's it's something, yeah. Uh, yes, yes, they are 10 points behind. There's 18 games to go. Yeah, and, they, are, and they obviously they, have to overtake all the teams ahead of them. They have them. to overtake seven teams. Yeah, that's right. So what if you get next season with that wage bill? Mm-hmm. And yeah, you can, of course, you can sell players like Gallagher, like Loftus-Cheek, like Hatsunodoy, like, you know, those guys that you would not count on for next season. <laughs> but without Champions League money, with that wage bill, with players on big contract, like if you are Kim Ziyech right now, after what happened with PSG and clearly like Chelsea really messed him up, you don't want to do them any favours, really. You know, and I think there might be other, and this is what you said when we were preparing for the show, it's like, great to give long contracts, great to give eight years, seven years and spread the cost over those years. The problem is, is that if someone doesn't want to be there or is not good enough or you try to sell in the second year of his seven year contract, then you have to sell him a certain amount of money not to lose money on him. Yeah. So, I mean, this is a point that, you know, again, I'll use Lukaku um, as an example, right? Chelsea paid around about a little more than 100 million euros. In the previous right? regime. In, yeah, yeah. Previous regime. To do right? with no, but this just Charlie. kind of tells you the, yeah. the impact of it, right? So I'm just going to use round figures. So essentially, they're on the hook for 20 million every year in, in amortization yeah. for, uh, for Lukaku. He signed a five year contract. So just from an amortization perspective, if they were to sell him after, uh, after the season, which He's going to be pretty difficult. He's only made four starts in the league. Yeah. He's had his injuries. You know, he's 30 years old. And on top of that, he has an enormous contract. Again, previous regime. Yeah. You know, you're not going to. But I think I, I'm led to believe his contract is on the order of 15 million euros a year, right? 15 to 18 yeah. million euros a year. So basically, he is costing you between 35 and 38 million euros a season. Yeah. Um, if you sell him for less than 60 million this summer, then sure you'll save money in this contract because somebody else will will take him but you say you sell him for 30 million which i think would already be a stretch for lukaku yeah, yeah. you've made a 30 you've made a 30 million loss yeah. on that on the player so then you got to go and make up for it somewhere yeah. else um i think we mentioned the youth team players you were mentioning a lot of first teamers that yeah. you know would have a market where they were they to sell them now, obviously, you're not going to sell Mount or Reese James no. or, you know, unless they really want to go, which I don't think they want to no. go. 
Loftus Cheek, maybe, possibly. Although again, injuries with him, and he's on substantial wages. But you know, is a mid-table Premier League side. I think where they can make a good amount of money back is operating lower down, right? So a lot of these guys who are youth academy products who are out uh, on loan. Um, Tino Angerin, for example, Dujon Sterling, yeah. guys, uh, Xavier uh, Simmons, yeah. um, guys like that. And maybe, you know, 5 million here, 10 million there, maybe. Because remember, when you sell them, you book these, these guys, their, these guys sort of residual amortization is zero because they came through the youth academy. Yeah. So it's pure profit when you sell them. But there's two things to that. One is it kind of maybe doesn't send the greatest message to these kids. Yeah. Um, and two, you know, you can only do that so many times. You know, at some point, the pipeline, the pipeline you, you runs out. So. Yeah, you would think so. It's, it's tricky. And I get, you know, I get the fact that new owners come in. It's a squad. Even before that, Tuchel used to say that needed work done on it. Fine. Have they done too much? Too, too soon, too quickly to sign all those players in the space of six months? Time will tell. I do think that this must be a really, it's a big squad for Graham Potter to manage, to keep people happy, to find the right formula, the right option, etc., etc. We often say like, oh, it's great to have options, but maybe too many options. I don't know. It's not, you know, maybe it's not that great. That's the fact that, and we reminded everybody on Tuesday on the FC show, is that they've signed seven players in January. Only three of them will be able to be registered for the Champions League knockout stages. So out of all of them, Joe Felix, Mudrik, Enzo, Badia, Schill, Andre Santos, okay, right. Madweke, and... Oh, Malagusto is the other one, but obviously yeah, but, he's still in Lyon. Yeah, I thought there was another one. Oh, yeah, uh, Dav- David uh, Fofana. Oh, yeah, and David Fofana. Four, four of the seven are going to miss out on Champions League. And by the way, the B list doesn't work. You need to have been at the club for two years if you're under 21 on the 22 to be able to register on the B-list. So there's no B-list here. Don't listen to what other channels are. Let's play Graham Potter. Which three do you put on the list? Ah, for me, it's very easy. Enzo, Bajashil, and Mudrik. Joao Felix, for the people who say Joao Felix, I understand. And it's a problem if he's been scoring in great form in the league and you can't use him in the the Champions League. But he's on loan. He's going to leave you in four months. Or not. But no, I I, I agree 100% for another reason too. I mean, look, Enzo's nobody's going to argue with, right? Um, I think Badia Shield has to be one of the three simply because Thiago Silva's not getting younger. You never know about Wesley Fofana's uh, health. Koulibaly's not getting younger. So you've got, and and Chalaba's injured now as well. So you have all these questions. You you need Badia Shield because he is a body and he's fit. And he's productive. I'm not saying he's, played well, yeah. he's a better player than Joao Felix or Mortano. No, 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 no. He isn't. But you know. And also, let's not forget that the group of 25 players in the Champions League now is 24 because Jorginho has left. But you can't have more than 25. So you're going to add three players in that group of 24. So two have to come out. And they can't be home ground. So who are you going to take out from the current squad? Is he a Wesley Fofana because he's not fit? Ziyech, so you're going to go and see Christian Pulisic and say, hey, listen, we like you, but I, I, you're not going to play in the Champions League again this season. I don't know. You've got to I mean? make choices. Like, this is yeah. tricky. This is really hard. And, yeah. and those choices will fall on Graham. And then this is the other tricky thing, right? You're asking Graham Potter to go and make these choices and make these decisions. And he's the manager and it's up to him. These are not decisions he's ever had to make before. No, that's true. You know, he's a coach. He's never faced these situations. And he seems like a nurturing, intelligent guy as a person with a lot of empathy. Yeah. But it's still not an easy thing to do. No. Um, so I, I, 
I think there's uncertainty there. Other people have floated to me the possibility that maybe Boli and Iqbali know something that we don't. Maybe Boli and Iqbali have received assurances, maybe from the head of the European Clubs Association, that, oh, don't worry, this is all just for show. Those of us who are putting in money will continue to do what we want. UEFA aren't going to be able to enforce these rules that we all wrote together. You know, from the FFP, from an FFP point of view, I mean. Maybe that's what they believe. Yeah, yeah. Maybe they believe that even though they're not pushing for it, and, you know, I mean, Boldy's on the record saying, well, Super League, you know, I'm never going to put take anything off the table, but we don't need a Super League right now because yeah, of the yeah. Champions League, whatever. Maybe they believe they're going to go down that route. I, I genuinely don't know. Um, maybe they believe that, and, and this is the other thing with money, right? If revenues continue to rise and transfer spending continues to rise uh, across the board, then all of a sudden it's not going to be that, you know, that we said, oh, it's going to be hard to get 30 million for Lukaku. Well, or sorry, 60 million for Lukaku. But if everybody's revenues go up, it's like inflation, then maybe 60 yeah. million won't be that much anymore. But like, there's a lot of gambles. There's a lot of question marks. I know. I, you know, somebody made the... Um, well, not somebody, me, uh, made the analogy in, in the piece today, right? You know, the um, the whole sort of tech ethos for the tech industry 10 years ago, Zuckerberg saying, yeah. like, you know, move fast and break things and be disruptive. And, you know, you fail and that's how you grow and whatever. They, they, this is kind of what they've taken to heart. This is how they appear to be moving. Now, in reality, maybe yeah. these are all very calculated risks. And like I said, maybe they know something that... That we don't. I think what's incredible is that we've we have and we've had other American owners in the league, and none of them, none of them really have gone in like that and just as you say, went in straight away like you know two feet two foot two feet tackle straight in and say like we're gonna buy this 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 and this the best player in the world we're gonna spend we're gonna shake things up we're gonna we want we want to you know make a mark we want to do this you know the others have been pretty whether you like them or not whether you like the Glazers the Cronkies. FSG, whatever, it doesn't matter. But this is for the league, and at least they're quite really traditional. If you think about, you know, in, in like English people right. in general, it's you know. what what I think is interesting too is while they haven't spoken very often, when they have spoken, to me they don't give off the impression that you know they have some mega innovative fan, plan. In fact, to me the impression that. Maybe they're putting their faith in some of the wrong things. And, and I'll, give, I'll give you an example, right? So Iqbali spoke just before, um, at, at the Sportico conference, just before Christmas. And right, he said, the Premier League is 20 years behind American sport. Yeah. Blah, 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 right? We've heard this before, right? And yeah, again, I kind of feel like a Cronky and the Glazers in Fenway. What, are they stupid? They don't realize this? <laughs> like, they haven't tried? You know, is yeah. there a reason? But whatever. Um, but he also, he, they keep going about, oh, data. We use data. We use data. And he always mentions that he spoke to some old school uh, sporting director and he says, I don't need data. I have my eyes or whatever. Yeah, ah. yeah the same line. And you know what? Like, I think every single club uses data in the Premier League anyway, yeah, yeah, right? Sure. Around Europe, like these data companies, um, the one I'm most familiar with is more than 200 exactly. uh, uh, clients around Europe. Exactly. Now, are your data people smarter than the other data people? Maybe. But this idea that you're going there and everybody else just has like a you know a scout in a shell suit, you know, with a dog looking at the game and signing guys based on that, you know, is wrong. They're all doing that. Now your data guys may be better, maybe worse. Yeah. The one thing that makes me slightly, I look, Brighton were huge users of data, of course, as we know. 
Um, the other thing that makes me slightly uneasy is, you know, when they, I think very clearly, they've looked at Salzburg in particular, but also, mm -hmm. also Leipzig and the Red Bull group, and they said, oh, look, these guys sign people from the lower divisions, from minor leagues, and then they go and resell them for a lot of money. Yeah. Um, let's bring in those people. That's, that's their know-how. And look, it works, right? It works very well for Salzburg. Yeah. The difference is that Salzburg will buy 20 kids for half a million yeah. and spend 10 million in total. And then out of those 20 kids, 15 of them go, go nowhere. On a couple of them, you get your money back. A couple of them might play for your first team at Salzburg level. And then yeah. one guy you sell for 20 million and like, hey, look, I 2x my money. The problem is you can sell players for 20 million. There's a market for 20 million players. Yeah. If you're buying players for 30 million, for 13 million, like like with Fofana, for 35 million, whatever Madueka costs, yeah. that's a whole different ball game because if those if the same percentage of people flame out, mm. um, then you to, to hit the home run, to hit the jackpot, you need to start selling guys for 150 million. Yeah. And if you have 150 million uh euro player and you're chelsea you'll probably want to keep them to go and win things and keep growing the clubs rather than selling them not to mention there aren't going to be that many clubs who can afford them yeah so it is kind of a, a different cost dynamic too based on what they were doing before and these are all things that you know these are all things that that that, that, that strike me and again maybe i'm being conservative maybe no, 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 but they're, think... they're taking risks they're taking risks with their clients money right yeah. and their own money and this is their reps and i'm okay with it people who take risks are often the, the real innovators who succeed yeah maybe no, for sure that's i think if you're a chelsea go. fan right now you must be excited and you should be excited because the recruitment and the players the quality is amazing you should be a little bit worried as well because as we've explained if there's no champions league if something happened in this current season champions league then we're not really sure what could happen or what's going to happen. And you need to trust them. And maybe right now it's hard to trust them because, again, it looks very much like they've tried to sign every man and his dog without really any... Well, no, there's a direction, but do you know what I mean? Considering that they signed 18 players and they're still holding that team. Right. But trust, you know, trust them and then see and give them a bit of time because, because, because that's what you have to do. I want to... Kind of knock because other people said, "Oh, they know there's a super league coming and whatever." And the ruling, I would strongly argue that there isn't, and because the, if there were, the Glazers and Fenway would not be Silly. looking to sell their clubs, yeah. right? I mean, I if there's a, I'm, I'm making some assumptions. One assumption is if there's a super league, Liverpool and certainly Manchester United will be in it, right? Yeah. I think that's a very fair logical fair. assumption. Sure. So surely they would know. And the fact that they're selling, to me, suggests, because obviously the minute there's a Super League, Manchester United doubles in value, yeah, right? Yeah. We, we agree with that, right? Um, so the fact that, to me, suggests that, A, there isn't one coming, that, of course, you're going to have the, the the ruling from the European Court of Justice at some point in the next months, maybe as late mm -hmm. as June. But equally, that tells me that, the Glazers don't believe the ruling is going to go in favor yeah. of, of, of of legislation that could lead to a Super League, right? Yeah. Because if they did, you could hang on okay. another year, yeah, yeah, right? Sure. I mean, what is easier, easier right? Yeah. So I think we can put that on the head. I want to go back to the other point that we made about 
the the spending of the Premier League clubs. And again, these figures, these global figures, are inflated by. Essentially, they're inflated True, by. But still, the, the by, point well, is still there that only one only one club, right, has signed a player for more than 15 million euros outside of England this month. Nobody in Spain, nobody in Italy, nobody in Germany have signed a player for more than 15 million euros. The only club is Marseille who signed Vitinha from Braga for 32 million. How many clubs? That is a crazy, crazy figure. How many clubs have signed in England have signed clubs for more than 15 million? I think it was 18, maybe. 18 18 that many? 18 players, maybe. Because Manchester United have it. Manchester City have it. So there was obviously the seven from Chelsea or eight from Chelsea. Oh, no, no, we don't mean, I'm, I'm, I'm talking number of players, not number of clubs. Your trust. Oh, no, 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 that was number of players, I was saying. Right. But still, you have one for the other no, four no, I, big leagues and then how many members from the Premier Is this league? something UEFA should get involved in? Is it something that UEFA... No, but do you think, is it possible to cap the transfer? So, you know, like, like a, a club, whatever club that is, mm-hmm. cannot spend more than 200 million euros per transfer window. Is this, is this possible to do? So then you have to pick. If you're Chelsea, you say, okay, well, we're going to sign one guy for 200 million, and that's Kylian. If you someone else, you say, okay, I'm going to move by four. Are you talking net spend or are you talking gross spend? I don't know. We, we can work out. You and I can work out the technicality. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean? Is that, is that the way forward? I, I, I don't. I don't know. The, the problem there that you get into is when you do it based on, on, on figures. You'd have to look at figures plus wages. Mm, no, no. You'd have to answer the question also, why are you doing this? Are you doing this because you want other clubs on the content to spend money? Are you, I mean, I, I don't think this is something you need to be concerned about necessarily yeah. until this translates into some massive dominance on the pitch for the Premier League clubs. And frankly, right now, it's not there. You know, I, no, that's true. When, 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 when we ask ourselves, you know, if I were to ask you right now, how many Premier League clubs, there's four Premier League clubs in the round of 16 of the Champions League, right? Yeah. How many of them do you think are going to reach the semifinals? Right now, you, I have to my, be my over under is two. Yeah, I was going to say one. I, I think that City might be the only one. But so then, yeah, what are two, we talking about? Two right? Four. Europa no, League. No. We think Manchester United would be favorites to Europa League. Oh, look, where are they playing? Barcelona, yeah. right? No, no, about that. No, yeah, conference. Sure. I have no idea because I'm not really paying attention. West Ham, right? Okay, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think they've got bigger fish to fry, right? Yeah. Uh, domestically. So I, I don't know that. Leaving aside the other fact that UEFA doesn't control transfers, that that's that's a FIFA issue, yeah, right? Yeah. I don't know that we're in this situation where if you look at UEFA coefficient, yeah, uh, England is first. Spain isn't that far behind. No. And then there's a huge gap and then it's Germany and Italy. Uh, or I think Italy and Germany still. Although that could change. So I don't know we're at that level. I think what we have is a lot of people being annoyed that their clubs aren't spending money. And, you know, Bournemouth are buying Zabarni for $20 million, You know, yeah. and oh, this guy I've never heard of. There's why he's just spending all this money. All right, fine. You know, it's it's a different revenue model. No, it is, and also, and some so, like something that a French club said to me during this month is that French clubs, well, not all of them, but most of them, need the money from the Premier League. And I do believe that the Premier League bankrolls European football in a way. If if Premier League yeah. clubs like Chelsea were on, on and United and City and Arsenal were only buying players from the Premier League, you know, and the money would stay in this country, which would make every other Premier League club stronger in a way because they would get even more money in to reinvest. But the thing is that French clubs need need to transfer a player to the Premier League for 40 million to balance their book. Right. You know, they often at the start of the season, they budget for it even. You know, they budget for, oh, let's hope that we can sell Malogusto for 40 million to a club. Sometimes some sporting directors in France even joke saying like, oh yeah, I've got this young player, not very good, but I'm sure they would be like, 
you know, like a stupid sporting director in England who's going to offer me 25 million because he plays in Ligue 1, he's French, and right. he's, you know, he's good technically, that kind of stuff. So I also think that, yes, of course, they spend far more money than everybody else, and I'm not sure how good it is for the game. However, a lot of other clubs in other countries need that money. And, you know, some stay alive because of that money. Some can reinvest thanks well, to that money. It's really I, important as well. I mean, I think this comes to a broader sustainability piece. I do think the new rules are going to have an impact. I think you're already seeing in Spain the impact um, that they've had because they've been enforced. I think that is yeah. a credit to... And to, Tebas wants that for every <laughs> league. I think, I think he's right. And I'll tell you what, a lot of people in the Premier League would have no problem with that whatsoever because mm. obviously, you've got, especially now that you have a lot of owners who, who want to make money. There's an over-reliance on player trading and accounting and amortization to go and make the books work. And I think that's something that, that needs to be looked at because you, know, you create all sorts of issues. With yeah. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Gab. Just go to Indeed.com slash Gab right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Gab. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, enough Chelsea, enough transfers. How about some... Quick hits instead. Yeah, let's go, Gav. Goals from Freddie and Martial fire Manchester United to a 2-0 victory over Nottingham Forest, and they're through to the League Cup Woo! final. Jules, not a surprise since they won nope. the first leg three now. So let me ask you instead, rather than the game, yeah. about Jaden Sancho, who came off the bench for his oh, first appearance you. since October. Is this, in the immortal words of Arsene Wenger, like a new <laughs> signing? I don't know. I hope so, of course. Uh, I mean, let's hope that he's well, you know, mentally, physically, that um, the, the problems that he had in the last few weeks, few months are behind him because what we want to see is him on the pitch, enjoying his football, enjoying his life, playing for United. And if he comes back at that kind of level, then of course he can help them. He can help them because the best version of Jadon Sancho that we saw at Dortmund, for example, is an amazing player. So it's been yeah. difficult for him since he joined United. But I think Ten Hag can be also the right coach to kind of give him a structure, talk to him, do a bit like what he did maybe with Marcus Rashford to some extent and, and get the best again out of Jadon Sancho. I, I'll tell you what, I feel like people forgot about him a little bit. And for me, if Jadon Sancho is even 80% of what he was at Borussia Dortmund, then it's a yeah. no-brainer. You play Sancho and Rashford on the wings. Anthony, we'll see you later. Yeah. And then play whatever, Martial or yeah, yeah. Horse whoever you want through the middle. Sticking with United, Christian Eriksen will be out until April because of that terrible tackle from uh, Andy Carroll in the Reading FA Cup game. So they picked up Marcel Sabitzer from Bayern alone. Is that a deal that you like? I do. It's, it's, it's a body in, a body out. I mean, they were low on bodies in central midfield for, for whatever reason, yeah. because, you know, again, it's McTominay, Casemiro, it's Fredge. Am I forgetting anybody? 
None of them kids from the economy. And then, and then kids, right? Yeah. So you need somebody in. Bonuses with Sabitzer. I mean, completely different profile of player. But, you know, he is, I think he's more of, Erickson we know covers a lot of ground and is very intelligent. Sabitzer, I think, is more of an energy player. You're getting somebody who's been in, in a big club environment. Um, I don't think he's going to hurt you. I think it was important yeah. to have somebody in. In fact, I might have actually brought two guys in. Um, you but, need the best Sabitzer, though. the one from Leipzig, not the one from Bayern that we that has hardly played in eighteen months. No, that that's fine, but it's a better solution than moving yeah, Phil true. Jones into no, midfield, right? Of course, um, no, no, no. But let's hope that they get that one. I'm by the way, sure. it is funny. Um, I'm told my understanding is that a year ago, when Ralph Rangnick was there and he saw that they didn't have enough bodies in midfield, suggested maybe if we don't want to spend, blah, 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 can we bring this guy on loan? And that guy's like, oh, no, no, no. We don't take players on loan. Uh, we loan young players out. Like, you know. Yeah, uh, that's interesting. See? Times change, exactly. huh? Bayern destroyed Mainz 4-0 in the German Cup, and yeah. Jean Cancelo has an immediate impact. Jules, how much do we read into the result after three straight draws? Yeah, that's true. But more importantly, more interestingly, does it make any sense to you that Joao Cancelo is no longer a Manchester City player? So let's start with the game. I mean, the, at least for now, he still is on. Yeah, you know, yeah, there's an option. There's, I think there's an option to buy for this seventy, at 70 million, million. Yeah, but for someone who turns twenty nine in May, I'm not sure. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a classic thing. Yeah, if they want exactly. him to stay and he wants to stay, and Pep's true, still there, true. they low ball and get him for less. Yeah. Let's start for the game. I mean, they yeah, they smashed them. They scored early. They started on the front foot well. They had to anyway after the last three draws. So. No problem. Mines were just overwhelmed. For Cancelo, um, there's a couple of things. One, he'd lost his place in the team. He, he was not a starter anymore, guaranteed starter for City and Pep. I think Pep liked Aki, liked Rico Lewis. Cal Walker was there. Yeah, I like them too. Nice guys. But Joe Cancelo is a much better player than all Joe those Joe Cancelo people. was not good this season. No, no, but he is a much Maybe, better player. He's, he's, he's he was 29 in May and he's not good this season. That's why he's not starting. Otherwise, Pep would start him. Really? Yeah. Just like Sterling was no longer good and Zinchenko was no longer good. Well, Sterling hasn't been good this season either. Okay. So. Yeah, I'll mention the Z word then. But yeah, no. Okay, no, no. You see what I mean? So, and, and Cancelo comes to see you or Pep. I come to see you and say, listen, I don't want to be here anymore. You don't play me. I don't know why. I do think that Pep and Cancelo fell out. Even I if, think. Even if Cancelo said no. So if you're Pep, you're like, you don't want to be here? No problem. We'll find you another club. This is what Pep does. So... I mean, okay, yeah, maybe you can say the very good Cancelo that we saw at times last season, well, last season for most of it. Yeah, you know, the inverted Cancelo, the Cancelo that is another creator in midfield, etc. But we've seen none of that from Cancelo this season. You know, his numbers are down massively yeah. compared to last season in every, like, every compartment. I just wonder, well, I mean, I think it's a plus for, for, for Bayern. Davies yeah, yeah, scoring again, uh, uh, you know, turning it around after sh Shocker at the weekend. So all of that is good. Um, not so great if you're Masrawi, but, you know, mm. maybe they'll play Joao Cancelo midfield. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Cremonese are last in Serie A and I haven't won a single game yet in the league. But after knocking out Napoli at the Stadium, the stadium Maradona, they beat Roma away too in the Coppa d'Italia gap and they are in the semi-final. It's the magic of the cup, but what happened to Roma? It is the magic of the cup. So Mourinho made some changes. You know, he played Bellotti up front. It was actually fine. Yeah. Put Dybala um, on the bench. Roma made defensive mistakes. Marash Kumbula not filled with glory. The, the the second goal as well, also a mistake. Yeah, terrible. Um, and in the end, it's the magic of the club. I mean, Cremonese, uh, it's a great story. It's obviously, this is, this is the club where... Luca Vialli started out. Technically, Luca started at Pizzighettone and then moved to Cremonese, but it's a club where he made his professional yep. debut. So, um, you know, it's a great story in the year. Yeah, I yeah. think people people are excited. 
you know, Mourinho said, fair play to them. I mean, what else are you going to say? And there's a Kim Kardashian angle, too. Well, yeah, there is, because I don't know if you saw this week, but Kim Kardashian was, uh, you know, out in the, you know, out there in in, uh, in the streets wearing a Roma 97-98 shirt. So clearly watching As you do. And, cop- you know, copying us, which is fine. <laughs> But what was Did incredible? you send her the shirt? No, I didn't. But hey, Kim, reach out if you want. So, uh, you know, me and my boys at Classic Football Show, we can sort you out. But what was crazy, Gab, is that after people seeing those photos and her with the shirt, the search on Google for the Roma 97, or for Roma shirts in general, went up 2.3 million. So like people <laughs> all around the world were like, I want that shirt, I want that Roma shirt. So, you know, at least some money would be coming Roma way for their show or their former shirt. I guarantee you Roma have a, has, uh, they've already invited her over to I the, the so. Olympico for I a game. So. Barcelona win again, defeating Betis 2-1 on the road and extending their lead over Real Madrid to eight points. Yeah. with one more game played. Yeah. Jules, this was an important win after a not great performance against Girona. And I think it's safe to say they're a slightly better team when Robert Lewandowski's up front. Yeah, of course. He was back, obviously, after the three-game suspension. And he scored two very opp- opportunistic goals. I thought they, they, they played great. And Xavi said after the game, he said, one of our best performances. Even without Dembele, Rafinha played kind of, you know, position for position. and, and they It's not the same thing, by the way. No, it's not the same thing, but, you know, they... Rafinha scored, to be yeah. fair. Uh, was involved in the second goal as well. They they played well. They controlled the game and the pace of the game really well. And Betis are a good team. That was really, really kept quite quiet until they scored yeah. the one goal at the end. They one goal at the end. But uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I think for a long time it looked that like Barca would win this game one 0 In the end, it was two one. But they were very solid defensively. Again, they've only considered seven goals, Gab. Seven goals in the yeah, league and vastly, three of them were against Real Madrid. Vastly outperforming XG on that one. Yeah, but still. Uh, comedy on goal for Jules Koundé, but we don't need to talk about that. No, I will say this, though. Of course we don't. They, uh, they are a lot more of a gritty, mentally tough mm, team no season, yeah. than, you know, the stereotype of, of Barcelona. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and I think that's another credit to Charlie. Yeah. Jorginho moves from West London to North London, Gab, on then like there. It is... The rare deal that helps both clubs, do you think? I think we're both in agreement on this. 100%. Yeah. Chelsea gets a much-needed cash-in. They get yeah. Jorginho's wages off the books. He was going to be a free agent in, in the summer anyway. It's good for Georgie. He gets to compete for, for a title. Yeah. Um, one of the few titles he hasn't won, by the way. Or, That's right. um, the Premier League title. Uh, and it's good for Arsenal because they have another experienced cool head in the mix yeah. in midfield now obviously what i'm interested in is a very different profile from from thomas Partey and, and shaka uh at indeed odegaard so is it something that he might turn to in certain situations when the the opposition sits deep and defends and you're for penetrating passing or, or you want to keep the ball more uh whatever party more somebody driving with the ball he now has yeah he now be. has that option i think he's more of a 12th man than than kind of a bona fide starter straight away yeah, anyway. I agree, I agree. Really good. He's such an Arteta player as well. So intelligent. Paris Saint-Germain win at Pompeier 3-1. Juice, do you feel a bit better about no. Gaultier now? <laughs> or are you just getting annoyed at Kylian Mbappe missing two penalties and then getting injured? Yeah, I'm not annoyed at Kylian. I mean, he missed the f- his two really good saves. He takes the first one on the right of the keeper, at the right height, to be honest. Uh, and the keeper... Le moves Comte. early, no? Sorry? He moves early. Yeah, moves early, so it's retaken. Then Kylian chose choose the other side, and the keeper reads that as well and saves it again. And then there's that injury. We're waiting to see more, to know more about the injury. It looks like he's 
uh, behind the knee and a bit of the hamstring as well. 12 days, in 12 days, there's the Bayern first leg clash. Everybody's sweating right now in Paris, trust me. And seeing Kylian's face when he came up, I was like, no. But let's see. At least, at least they won. They were terrible. So no, I don't feel better about Galtier. They were not very good for an hour, let's say. Uh, but then it's a lovely, lovely goal by Messi with an amazing assist by Fabian Ruiz. So. Shout out to Zaire Emery as well, scoring oh, yeah. his first goal. The youngest ever PSG player to score in the Premier League, si uh, in the French yeah. League, sorry, 16 and 330 days. I've told you before what an amazing talent he is. You heard that, right? Youngest ever Paris Saint-Germain in Paris Saint-Germain's history, which goes all the way back to it 1970. Matter. It doesn't matter. Okay. Somebody named Lionel Messi also scored in that game, Gab. I've just mentioned it on the uh, wonderful Fabian Ruiz assist. And we told that he's now scored the most goals ever in Europe's <sighs> big five leagues. Because that goal yesterday at Montpellier takes him to 6-9-7. And the son Cristiano Ronaldo had 6-9-6. Did this matter? Is this thing a thing? Okay, I'm going to say this very clearly. Not a thing. There's a small group of nerds who sit there, love making up and not having a go at Messi, like a Messi Cristiano, most goals ever counting national team games, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. This is just stupid. What you're basically saying is because Cristiano Ronaldo, uh, I think he scored four goals for, for, for sporting before moving to, to Manchester United. Oh, look, haha, <laughs> Portugal, not a big five league, which by the way, there have been periods when they were ahead of Liga and at least in yeah. the UEFA standings. Yeah. Let's not count those so we can say that Messi's ahead of him. Hey, here's an idea. Why don't you count those goals? And when Messi scores another four goals, then you can have your stupid big five league statistic, which, by the way, doesn't count Champions League and, and Cups. This is so dumb. And yet it just, resonates with these morons who are just sitting there keeping score. No, Cristiano, Messi, Factos, Ballon d'Ors. Just go away. Just go away. It's just an incredible amount of goals scored, full stop. <laughs> the two the greatest players ever. Just appreciate them. Hakim Ziyech was supposed to join Paris Saint-Germain on loan from Chelsea, but the deal I, didn't go through. And now they're blaming each other, Jules. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how Chelsea can blame PSG. You can tell me that later. But I certainly know how <laughs> PSG feel that they can blame Chelsea because they said that the paperwork were, was signed late from Chelsea. The first time they sent the paperwork, uh, there was a mistake in them. So PSG said, hey, can you redo it again? Were they just busy uncorking champagne over Enzo Fernandez? Like, so. oh, yeah, sure. We, we got to get rid of Ziyech. The second time, it was not signed. PSG tried to call Chelsea many times. Nobody answered. They were on the phone with Enzo. Yeah. Then the third time, they still the, sign the signature was missing. And it's only the fourth time when they send it. And by the time they send it, it was too late. So PSG fuming and Hakim Ziyech. And rightly so, he's fuming as well. Yeah, Ziyech, I think, is going to be really unhappy yeah. about this. And no one wins, Gab. No one wins. People ask, why don't they go and get their business done earlier? And, and I have to say, right, when did Sarabia leave? Uh, yeah, like, like two weeks ago, ago yeah, 10 days ago. Yeah. Everybody and their mom true, knew true. that Ziyech, that Chelsea Very wanted to, to move Ziyech on. Uh, I mean, I, no, mean, I, I think they're, they're haggling over 10,000, 15,000. That's why it goes down to the wire. Yeah. It's just not a healthy situation. No, I know. Juventus played tonight on Thursday night against Lazio in the Coppa Italia, but Paul Pogba won't be there, Gab. We know he was on the bench, obviously, at the weekend. And now Max Allegri says he'll be back to his best in two or three months, which... It's the end of the season. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Hey, Max, it's February right yeah. now. Um, I, I think this is above all, uh, it's just a sad story. However you feel about Pogba or, or Juventus, right? Um, he, he signs on a free transfer. He picks up that injury. He tries to, you know, he gets a surgery. 
he ends up missing out on the World Cup. Yeah. We don't know what the World Cup would have been like. We don't know. But, you know, France didn't get to the final. Could Pogba have put them over the maybe, top? Maybe, maybe. You know, we'll know. never know. And enough for this. I feel bad. I, all my interactions with Paul Pogba personally have been positive. Yeah, me too. Um, and... You know, this is a young man who wants to play football. He's had a difficult time and to go back for this. Obviously, for Juve, it is a big blow, and they've had they've taken a whole bunch of, of you know punches to the nose yeah. uh, over the cast over the past couple of months. But Jules, this is sad because it's, it's sad. He turns thirty in March, and then what? A blank season, pretty much. I mean, I suppose he'll be well rested for well rested for next year. Um, I guess with or without Allegri. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launcher online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million dollar stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify is your no excuses business partner. Sell without needing to code or design. Just bring your best ideas and Shopify will help you open up shop. What I love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash gabjewels, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash g-a-b-j-u-l-s now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash gabjewels. Newcastle beat Southampton 2-1 in the other League Cup semifinals we mentioned yeah. before. Again, no real surprise no. there. but Well done. No, at least no surprise that they're through. But how silly was Bruno Guimaraes' needless red Crazy. card? I mean, you, qualif you qualified. I guess maybe the second half was they were a little bit more under pressure towards the end. But he goes and like stamps with his studs on the Southampton players' ankle. A bit like what we saw with Fabinho, who should have been sent off really... Um, you know, against Brighton at the weekend as well. And uh, VR had to intervene, by the way, which was also crazy, because I think that one should have been a straight red. You don't need any help for that, I think. Well, <laughs> they needed it with a Fabinho one at the weekend. Yeah, and they didn't get true, it. So, right. you know. But it's a shame because he's going to miss three games now, all in the league. At least he'll be back on time for the final, which, uh, I mean, seeing how important he is for Does it make sense that the whole, like, suspensions in the League Cup are going to apply to the league? Does it? It is a bit weird, but... I mean, this is big for Newcastle because yeah, you know, we, massive. We, we've praised Newcastle so much. Bruno Gamarish... So important to them. It's really important. It's Three massive. games, a lot of points at stake. Yeah, no, it's true. Nicolo Zaniolo is still a Roma player. Yes, he is. And he has written an open letter to the club and to the fans. But Gav, they're not having it, are they? No, I mean, look, he came out and he released a letter saying, look, there were a lot of lies and untruths, you know, attributed to me. And I would assume that he's referring to him refusing to play for the club yeah. to try to force a move. Again, yeah. I don't know to what degree that's true. That's not true. That's certainly that. That's certainly what was reported. It's certainly what Roma fans believe. Um, but he said, you know, I'm here. You guys have given me so much. We've grown together. I'm here till you know, <laughs> the window's closed. I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. You know, can we rebuild the relationship at least for now? And Roma, very, very. Very, very cold. Um, very cold. Uh, and look, as far as Daniel is concerned, you know, he's received death threats. He's been harassed. Um, 
is it unprofessional behavior? He would say no. He would say it wouldn't, wasn't quite what it was. I think this shows you how you, this is just really, really badly handled. Yeah. From Zagnolo's part, I think now at this stage, from Roma's part, he is a good player who can get you into the top four. Now, Belotti, Abraham Dybala, he doesn't need to start. Yeah, yeah. But it's in your interest to integrate him. Um, and see what he yeah. can we'll see what he can contribute. You Mourinho know? and his comments as well. I don't think I've had, you know, in during the month. But I, no, but who knows what goes through that man's yeah, head? I know. <sighs> Jules, you yeah. can keep your Mbappes, yeah. keep your Messi's, your yeah. Lacazettes, yeah. Jonathan David's, yeah. and your Wissam Ben Yedder's. Ligan's yeah. <clears throat> top scorer is Folarin freaking Balagoon. Take that. Incredible. I mean, incredible. The Arsenal striker on Lona Reims, who's having the season of his life. He's 21. He's got a hat-trick in 20 minutes last night on Wednesday night uh, against Lorient. Just like, I mean, the first one is a penalty. Okay, but then the other two, like a right foot volley, a left foot volley. The movement is amazing. He's called against PSG, remember? We mentioned it on it's Monday. It's Will Still. It's Will Still. It's the Will Still effect. But even when Will Still was not the coach yet and he was only the assistant coach, Folarin was already great. He's just like, wow, 14 goals. And the confidence is high. He's got everything. He's been amazing. Really, really amazing. I don't know what Arsenal do now. Do you bring him back? Do you loan him again? Like I said, he's 21. Uh, do you integrate into your first squad for next season with Gabriel Jesus and Enketia? But how much is he going to play? Wait, Gabriel Jesus can play on the wing if yeah, needed. Um, Enketia, I'm sorry. I don't bring up whatever stats you want about his goals, starts, whatever. Eddie and Katia is still Eddie and Katia. At least you give Balagun a chance to win a starting yeah, spot. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think you need, I, you know, incredible I think you, you can use three center forwards over uh, over a season. But the important thing, because I'm wondering, will he still be as effective without Will Still? So maybe you consider Will Still is only 30 years old. He doesn't have yeah. proper badges yet. Maybe you bring Will Still over and you make him an assistant, make him one of Arteta's assistant. Nice idea. As long as. Balagun is there. Yeah, maybe. Ecosia Madrid has ruled in favor of the European Super Cup clubs, uh, Super League clubs, sorry, reaffirming the fact that FIFA and UEFA do not have the right to sanction them. Gab, is this a big deal? No, it's completely irrelevant. And I'm surprised by the number of people who came out and, you know, got all their panties in, in, in a twist over this. And, you know, A22 putting her. It's irrelevant because this court will be support subordinate to whatever the ruling is from the European Court of exactly. Justice. We've had the preliminary one which seems to lean a little bit towards UEFA or quite a lot. But you know what? That is one, that's a, that's one person's opinion. Yeah. We need to see what the court as a whole say. We'll be getting that probably some point in between the spring, hopefully no later than June. Again, I have no idea why it takes these people like months and months. You know my feelings about the law and lawyers and judges in this case. Yes, I do. It seems like a really, really sweet gig, frankly. Like, hey, you have to give an opinion. Go ahead. Take a year to do it. I mean, come on. But whatever, whatever. I I, I digress here. Um, but no, it's not a win. I mean, this is, this is essentially, this is the Madrid court that filed the injunction yeah. saying, hey, FIFA and UEFA, you cannot punish the Super League, cl League Cups. Then later there was a second court which overturned that and said, no, no, you can punish them. UEFA did not punish them for the time being because they also know that they, they knew that the ECJ case, the European Court of Justice case was coming. And then the court goes and re-overturns that. Okay, fine. You know, you can go overturn yourself if you want. <laughs> that's, what gets, that's how you get your jollies. This is going to be subordinate to what happens later yeah. on. 
Jules, it looks like Belgium have got themselves a new national it team does. coach. Not confirmed, but close. And it's my favorite, yeah. Italian-German. Domenico Tedesco. And the former Schalke and, and Leipzig manager who looks like he's going to get that coveted job because apparently a lot of people applied to replace Roberto Martinez for on the Belgium bench. Good luck to him. I mean, it worked that time in a very specific way. Schalke especially, that one amazing season they had when they finished second. Uh, and they were quite defensive. This is true. I know you love him, but it's true. He's a defensive coach more than anything else. Leipzig not so much. So it'd be interesting to see, I guess. I love the name mostly. Know, it's as if like Jacques so Andre. tell everybody again. So tell everybody, How cool would it be? Right, Tedesco in Italian means? German. Imagine Jacques Anglais becoming the coach of replacing Gareth Southgate with the three lines. How, how cool would that, that be? That would be really cool. The FIFA Club World Cup kicked off in Morocco with Alahi uh, beating Auckland FC 3-0. But Gab, it was Chinese referee Nanning who made history. What did he do? So basically, um, there was a guy, Tahir Mohammed, who, who, who plays for Al-Akhli, who, who was fouled by, by Adam Mitchell. This guy, the, the referee, went and he gave a penalty. Uh, VR said, uh-uh, hey, Manning, it's outside the box. Go, go take a look at it. He does his on-field review. And then, and then he turns around and he does what many of us have wanted referees to do the whole time. He goes and he sends him off a red card and he says, oh, look. Actually, I'm not sure what he said because the audio was terrible. Yeah. And the man is obviously not a native English speaker, but essentially he gave him a red card for denial of a goal-scoring opportunity because the foul was outside the box. And he explained his decision to the people in the stadium, yeah. like we see in the NFL every week. Exactly. How cool is that? In this a way that people could understand. This is the way forward, surely. By the way, much clearer explanation for those who saw the 49ers Eagles game when, like, ah, there we go. No, the silly referee. All right, the, 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 a brief VAR digression, right? Yeah. Even though the Devonta Smith can't, right? Like, oh, we didn't see the pictures. Like, come on, you didn't see the pictures? What, what are you talking about? No, but you it's still a bit, not- that catches a little bit. Mm. No, no, it, it, it should have been. It should have been rolled off, but like. We expect the Niners would have some some nerd up in a room looking That's at true. 50 screens at once and saying like, especially when, well, whatever. But the other one which struck me was when, when the, the punt hits the wire. I don't know what the wire is. I'm assuming it's some kind of TV wire. Yeah, and all the, all the referees, oh, we couldn't send any picture that says it hit the wire. Well, why? Why don't you explain it a little bit better? Whatever. I, that's my digression. I'm, I'm sorry for you having to put up the football. But I'm a little bit nervous because my Eagles are in the Super Bowl. You've got plenty of time to get more nervous. Azadin Unahi scores on his debut for Marseille, Jules, as they win 2-0 away to Nantes. Yeah. Um, Moroccan Dreams continues. Look, Incredible. garbage time goal, but you love your techers. Oh, you love amazing, your technique. Bro. This is special. He came on a few minutes before and then threw a ball and then he controls it and then like literally twist the defender and then so cool finish. He's going to be amazing for them. There's no doubt. Hey, what a player he is. Keeper, what a keeper on the backside. Yeah, crazy. On, Antonio Conte has undergone a gallbladder. Is that how you say? Gall- gallbladder. Gall- gallbladder, sorry. Surgery in Italy and will be up for a while. Gab, how is he doing and when will he be back? So surgery was uh, uh, successful. You know that on Saturday they played Preston uh, in, the, in the FA Cup. Yeah. Um, he didn't do the pre and post game. Um, press conferences. He was flying back to Italy uh, either that evening or the following morning. But when it's Sunday night, we had two days off, and he did not feel well. Went to see went to see a doctor. He had uh, massive stomach pains, and they said, "Yeah, this is something. You have an inflamed gallbladder. We need to do uh, this surgery." Looks like it went well. 
question of when he can come back, I mean, he's definitely going to miss, miss the Man City game. Yeah. It's two to six weeks for normal people to okay. come back. Obviously, Antonio Conte, not a normal not person. A normal person. Um, so I think he'll miss the Man City game, but I think he'll be back on the, I think on the 11th day of Leicester. I would expect him to be back. I mean, we have to see how he is, obviously. He certainly would hope to be back for the yeah. 11th. And if not that, the the Valentine's Day clash at the San Siro, the Scala yes. of football, uh, Milan against Tottenham Hotspur. Yeah. Ibrahima Konate is the latest Liverpool player to pick up an injury and another muscular injury, FYI, which is a big yeah. issue among Liverpool fans right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Jules, how big a blow is this defensively, given Virgil van Dijk is already out? Yeah, it's massive because that means uh, more of Joe Gomez, which is never a good idea. Sorry, Joseph, but that's the truth. So Matip and Gomez going forward for, I mean, Ibrahima is hoping that it's not too long, two, three weeks, maybe maximum. It's already long enough, to be fair, considering the games are coming thick and fast. Uh, but yeah, he can't, you know, it's a shame for his own season because his own season has been... Hasn't injury. played much, but he's played well when he's, he's played. played really well, but, you know, the injuries have, have ruined a little bit the season so far. DFA have opened an investigation into Mikhailo Mudrik's use of the N-word in a video that he posted on his TikTok account in July last year. Gab, does this make sense to you? Okay, so there's, there's two different things. Uh, my take on this is that, you know, as a white person, I am not qualified to tell people when they can and cannot use the n-word if uh, to me it's offensive to me we have standards that it's not acceptable uh if there are people who want to use it and he by the way he said it in the context he was reciting lyrics from uh, uh an artist named yeah. uh little baby little baby who is a person of color he chooses to use that language i don't think i'm in a position to tell little baby what he can and cannot do no. am i in a position to tell mikhailo modric i think when he's here and in this context, he should know that he's a public figure yeah. and he has he has certain responsibilities. It's I don't think it's generally it's okay to make rules say it's generally acceptable. You if you even if you're reciting rap lyrics, it's not a call, it's not a decision given the ugly history of the world world for white males to make. Yeah. However, Mikhail Mudrik in July, nobody knew who he was. Right? He was in Chakta, he was a he was a, a Chakta uh Donetsk. He was nowhere near here. Yeah. He did this. He has come out. He has apologized to it. He has taken the video down left, right, and center. He wasn't under the jurisdiction, if you want, of the Football Association no, last true. July. I don't see why I'll you need you to open an investigation well. yeah. and charge him and, and whatever. This is a very, to me, it's a very different situation. Mm. He's, he's been educated. He has acknowledged it. I don't even know if the dude spoke English, if he's just repeating uh, yeah, words that he hears. So. I, I honestly, I mean, I don't know. It's not justification, but immediately no, no, when yeah, he's alerted yeah. to it, yeah. he went and he said, this is wrong. I'm sorry. Then I'll take, I, I don't, I mean, what, what more do we, do we uh, want here? Okay. You know? Sean Dyche will make his debut as Everton boss this weekend. He may have been hoping for some reinforcements in yeah. the transfer window, but Jules, he got none. Nothing. Though maybe Andre Ayew on his... Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't even want to hear Andre Ayew's name being linked with Everton because that would be absolutely crazy at 33 who've been playing in Qatar for the last two or three years. I mean, Andre Ayew cannot help Everton right now. They should have spent some of the money that they got from... Anthony Gordon, for example, or something. They try Olivier Giroud. I mean, why? Why would you think that Olivier Giroud would swap Milan, right? Where he's still in the Champions League, where he can still technically win the league, where he won last season. He's scoring goals. He just played the World Cup final. To go to Everton right now and fight against relegation and be in the Championship next season? Uh, who does that recruitment? Who has those ideas? 
I would love to know. I didn't know. I did not know about the Giroud yeah. thing. But what I find shocking is, I and I know they've been through. Is it uh, Thelwell is now the director of football? I think so. Yeah. I'm going to assume he doesn't watch much. Um, so yeah, or listen to our show because if he did, he would know that yeah, right now Giroud's like to play like every game for Milan yeah. because Ibrahimovic is out, because Rafael out through the middle doesn't work, because Rabic has been injured. So Milan can't let Giroud go right yeah. now, even if they would want to, because Milan, I thought like they're going to go and sign another center forward, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, so I'm just thinking to myself, why are you wasting your time with this? I'm look, Sean Dyche just came in. They did not have a lot of time to go and plan this. But goodness me. I know. By the way, if you're wondering why Andre Ayu can sign, uh, even though the transfer window is closed, it's uh, because free agent, yeah. he's a free agent. Yeah. This was a back on Monday, Gab, a goal from Matteo Darmian sends Inter into the Coppa d'Italia semi-final with a win over Atalanta. Big win, and they will play the winner of the Juve Lazio game from tonight. Yeah, big win. Uh, not a win to take for granted, given the way Atalanta have been, have been playing. Um, uh, again, Inter gutted it out. Lots of positives. I like the fact that Romelu Lukaku started and played 69 yeah, minutes. He, played, he looked right? fit. Yeah. He was okay. He was okay. Uh, I think he's... I think he's a huge, huge plus for Inter if they get anything you know, resembling the real Lukaku between now and the end of the season. Pedro Porro's arrival means Matt Doherty leaves Spurs to join Atletico Madrid. Jules, the last Spurs right back to leave Spurs on a free transfer for Atletico Madrid yeah. did pretty well. Yeah, Kieran Trippier did really well. I'm not sure uh, Matt Wait, Doherty. Trippier, he's not French. Trippier. Trippier, yeah. I like, I like the way I say it. Thank you very much. <laughs> he must have been French in the past. Um... Good luck to him. I mean, they had to obviously, they had too many players on loan. You know, you can't have too many players on loan uh, anymore. So sometimes you need to sign players on permanent deal to allow another loan right. to come in or, or finish the contract of a player to, so he can go out. I mean, this was complicated, but in the end it happened. Let's see if he can help as a squad player, you would think. Yeah, like I don't know. For the last few months of the season, you know. I mean, I, it didn't seem like a pressing need necessarily. For me, for for no, but they tried Jonathan Close for Marseille. They had two bids rejected by Marseille, so they were clearly in for like a wide, like a right wing back. So let's see. Good luck to him. Are you? Does Jonathan Close have kids? Mm, I don't think so. Why? When he has a daughter, can you please ask him? Please call her Santa. Please, please. He doesn't even know what Santa Claus is. He's French. We don't have Santa Claus. He's called Père Noël in French. No, in France, no Santa Claus. We don't know who Santa Claus is. Okay, then does does Noel Legrette have kids? Oh my God. Do they call him Père Noël? Right, next quickly. The government of Australia and New Zealand have written to FIFA to complain about reports that the Saudi Tourist Board could be the sponsor for the Women's World Cup, who will obviously be in the summer, this summer coming in Australia, New Zealand. Gab, what's their problem? But I have no idea. I, I, genuinely, I genuinely don't know. Like, what, you agree to host the World Cup, but then it's contingent? You, you, what did you do? Did you work in a clause where they say, oh, but FIFA, uh, we have the right to veto any potential sponsors you might want in case you're, you know, I, I, don't, I don't see what the issue is. It's the Saudi tourist board. Right. Do Australia and New Zealand have sanctions against Saudi Arabia that I don't know of as a government? I don't, uh, so. I don't believe so. No, but you see, you know, for two countries who are very open with LGBT plus rights and things like that, Q plus rights, sorry, Saudi Arabia is going the it's other fine. extreme. Then they can go and they can organize their own World Cup, get their own sponsors. If they're going to take FIFA's World Cup and FIFA sponsors, I mean, I, they can ask about it, sure. Right. Yeah. But, you know, in the end, the argument here is 
pretty clearly. Like, uh, unless unless you're willing to pass legislation, this is what, what really bugs me about no, politicians. Maybe when they want grandstanding, they- right? Pass legislation. Say, we disagree with the LGBTQ issue in your country, so we're not going to play there. We're not going to. That's fine, right? Yeah, but. You know, I mean, I, Saudis in the World Cup. I mean, the Saudi women could have before, qualified eh? for the World Cup for all they know, right? Yeah, we're not the, the main sponsor when when they put their bid in to organize the World Cup. Well, was, there were no main sponsors. They didn't know who the main no, sponsors were going to be. I know, true. But I, I don't know. I can I, see why they're a bit ticking, to be honest. We nearly had a world record transfer in the women's game, Jules. This time, Arsenal fell short. Yeah, they wanted to sign Alessia Russo from Manchester United, who's out of contract in the summer, by the way. They made a big bid and it was turned down. The current record is Kira Walsh, I believe, from Man City. 400,000, was it? 400,000 pounds from Man City to Barcelona, which is, when you look at the men's numbers, of course, it's not comparable. But if she's six months from free agency, that's a huge bid for the women's game. Yeah, right? yeah. But she's very important to Manchester United and she might come to Arsenal in the summer. But we'll see. But, you know, at least it's good that the women's game is also, like, trying to get those numbers well, up. There's money in the game. Not enough, for sure. But there's money and, and you know. I believe Alessia's uh, family members, of course, supported Italy over yes, England. Yes, We know in, that. Uh, I think in the World Cup men- mentioned that. Maybe one to- But I am curious here, right? If you're Alessia Russo, wouldn't you say, hey, Arsenal, uh, I'll come in the summer. Yeah, I'm sure. That half a million you're going to give to Manchester United... How about you give a lot of that to me this summer yeah, when I come sure, inside? I'm sure that conversation. Wouldn't that be kind of an obvious thing? Yeah, yeah. Gab, the head of the College of Policing in England, Andy Marsh, has apologized to the victims of uh, the Hillsborough disaster, saying that police had profoundly failed those be- bereaved, bereaved, sorry, and that they are sorry they got it so wrong. It's one more apology. I don't think there can ever be enough apologies. Yeah. We're really going to make a difference. And this is not just, I don't know, people roll their eyes about Hillsborough and whatever else. This is not just about Liverpool fans. This is about the way supporters going to football matches are treated. And it's about a police cover-up, yeah. which is what there was afterwards. Uh, the British government apologized for it. And David Cameron, many years ago, was it like 10 yeah. years ago, something like that? Uh, at this stage, um, it's important that the police are reminded of this and I don't think this is something I think this is something that that hurts I don't think there's any harm in reminding people of what happened the tragedy that happened on the day and what happened afterwards which should have that part even more the both should have been avoided but that part is is really really shameful in my opinion Ajax have a new coach and guess what he's not bald with stubble which makes me uncomfortable but he is a very handsome uh, Johnny Heitinga, ESPN, uh, yeah. our colleagues at ESPN in, in Holland, reporting this deal. Maybe not confirmed yet, but pretty much done. Pretty much done. He took the team. We said on Monday, show them we had the weekend to replace our French runner who was, who was sacked. They won 4 1. They were, they were much better than anything that we've seen in the last few weeks. So he will finish the season. I think they will reassess the situation in the summer. So good luck to. To Johnny Heitinger, and I, I like I like the idea that former players, you know, come back and do their badges and then grow into a club as a coach, first in the youth team, and then in the first team or whatever, as an assistant, then as a man, a man coach. So good luck to him. They're fourth in the table, so he's got a lot of work to do for them to be champions at the end of the season. You like former course. players coming back and coaching? Yeah. You want Serge Aurier to replace... Oh, uh... maybe not that one. Maybe. <laughs> I love you, Serge, you know that. Uh, it's not just PSG, Ziyech and Chelsea who have been a mess on the last few minutes of the transfer window. 
gap because what happened to Julian Araujo and his move to Barcelona? Yeah, Matteo Alemani is saying that they weren't able to uh, register it because it came 14 seconds late, but they have the evidence that it's not their fault, blah, yeah. blah, blah. There's say, shades of the ZH deal here. I think yeah. the difference is that, um, and I have to say, I think the ZH deal in the end was the registration with the French FA in terms of FIFA TMS that yeah. went through. Here it seems that the issue is with the FIFA transfer matching system. Um, for those who, who don't know, um, FIFA TMS, I think, is a pretty neat piece of machinery. Back in the day, they used to FedEx fax contracts back and forth and blah, blah, blah. Here, you reach the agreement, you upload the contract and the, the, the documentation. FIFA's lawyers and the system the system quickly check to make sure that all the numbers match. Yeah. Players eligible, blah, blah, blah. You know, there's records where all the payments are going. And then they approve it in real time. And as long as you have it in the system, when the deadline comes in your territory, you're okay. Here, 14 seconds, and they say it's an IT glitch. They say it's beyond their control. Hey, if they can prove it, prove it. Um, but it has to be because there's an IT glitch. It can't be because, oh, look, 14 yeah, seconds, that's no big deal, right? Yeah, exactly. Marseille's Ruslan Malinovsky has had to apologize for hugging Monaco's Alexander Golovin yeah. over the weekend. Jules, what's this about? It doesn't make sense. Yeah, so Malinovsky, Ukrainian uh, citizen, of course, Golovin, Russian citizen. At the end of the Monaco-Marseille game last weekend, they kind of walked towards each other and, you know, say, well played. I don't know why they have a hug, say hello to each other, like, like opponents do, which has upset a lot of people in Ukraine. So now Malinovsky had to come out and say, listen, I'm sorry, I don't want to upset anyone. I understand you, you, you don't upset people. And if you do upset people, then you apologize. Is it right to get upset when two footballers who I know are playing for two countries who are in war and, you know, one invaded the others? I get, I get that. I, look, I, I, this war really bugs me. And I think one of the, the tragedies of what happened with it is that we have these, this breakdown. Malinovsky has been extremely vocal yeah. and he's obviously support for Ukraine. I don't know. And maybe, correct me if I'm wrong, social media. I don't think Golovin's come out and said, oh, I don't think you so. know, we should invade and whatever. Right? I don't think he's taking a political position. He's been quiet, Definitely right? Um, and so then it becomes individuals. Yeah. And it becomes about two colleagues, two guys who presumably, I don't know how long they've known each other or no, whatever. Yeah, they, they play in the same league. Yeah, yeah. Like, this is about countries and governments and military. I don't think it should be about individuals. I don't think war should no, ever be yeah. about individuals. Oh, and man. he felt compelled to apologize. I, that's I down to him. But I uh, being bullied into it, uh, that, to me, that's wrong. I agree. I agree. A report in the Spanish newspaper El Mundo suggests, Gab, that the Saudi government is pursuing Luka Modric, Karim Benzema, and Sergio Ramos to come and play in the league next season. Can you see them joining Cristiano? Well, he even said like, oh yeah, and you can choose whichever team you like yeah. and blah, blah, blah. Team, I mean, the government, I think, is going to put up some funding and then... Yeah, 30 million nets, I think, they would get in salaries or something. I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, Benzema's Muslim, right? Maybe the end of his career, religious maybe. reasons, maybe. I don't know. Again, I'm Ramos, I'm Modric. If you go there, you're going to be, you're not going to be the biggest star, right? Because Cristiano's yeah, there, right? True. So I would think these people have enough money that yeah, they wouldn't see. necessarily be into going or unless they zealously feel that they want to promote football in Saudi Arabia, I, which is possible too. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, I, but I, what I'm not surprised about those are intermediaries who have a relationship with the Saudis and say, hey, Saudis, guess what? Like, because, you know, common thread here. All these three guys were together at Real Madrid, yeah, right? They have contract in the summer. Hey. 
intermediaries. Yeah, exactly. Saying like, oh, look, oh, I can like get to them. And yeah. like, hey, if these guys put so much money on the table, you willing? Would you listen? Yeah, all these things coming yeah. together as I see it. George, that brings us to an end, but that some huge games coming up this Ooh, weekend. Yeah. We'd be remiss if we didn't come back on Monday to uh, talk to you guys all about that. Until then, love the game. Love your neighbor. Love yourself. Love yourself.